This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I have a special co-host today. Jake, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Doug? Doing pretty well. And the, the topic for today is FU money. So we will uh, talk about the, the definition, some pros and cons, and generally our thoughts. Now, Jake, you are, uh, well, you're a friend of mine. So thanks for coming over. You're also uh, kind of a neighbor. You live just a few miles away. You biked over. And you were on the the show some time ago. A very popular episode. I don't know if I told you there's a lot of downloads. No, that's good. Glad yeah. to hear did that. Did you promote it at all or do anything? I did not. Okay. No. I don't I don't know why. I guess we titled it well and you brought the goods. I downloaded it several hundred times myself. <laughs> Maybe that I didn't know that would actually ring the numbers up, but that's good to hear. Yeah, it worked. It worked. So for the people that didn't hear that episode, we encourage them to to go back and check it out. But can you just give like a quick rundown, like who you are and like sort of what you do and, you know, how you got into the FI community? Just, you know, not super in depth, just a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I live here in Longmont. I've lived here in Longmont a little over four years, moved out to Colorado for my job. Um, I'll get to that, but I'll back up to how I got into the FI space and learned about the community uh, going back a while. Uh, Brandon, the mad scientist, was my first introduction when I, I was moving from Ohio to Kentucky at one point in my life and uh, didn't know what to do with some extra uh, extra cash that was coming in after we paid off school loans and everything else we wanted to pay off. Um, so I, I looked at how do I manage my money and through podcasts, I found Brandon. So it was uh, Brandon and then the Choose FI podcast and a couple years of listening to those and you know, really kind of dabbling with it, getting into it. And then moving out to Longmont, is, it, it leapt off. So uh, meeting, meeting Carl, meeting Pete, uh, Mr. Money Mustache, um, just the whole community, uh, really, I've embraced it. And it was a great way to meet new people. And of all the moves that I've done personally, uh, multiple cities four times for the company um it was so easy to find people that i related to and was comfortable with so um it was a progression over the years finding the community and knowing who was out there but then i really once i moved to longmont it was it really helped me get established and i think that's something that anyone could do in any city not just longmont that happens to be a hot spot for fire related things but you know with choose fi and what they've done i think any city you go to you could find a group and it's it's just a great way to find people that you could have a good conversation with awesome and what year was that when you were looking to figure out how to invest money and all that that was two that was about 2012 2013 okay wow wow so a little while and yeah you must have caught like brandon's podcast and like writing like pretty early on uh. yeah it was uh he only had a couple out there at the time um and same with choose if i think when i then it was a couple years later that they came out and it was maybe six episodes in that i found them um and since then they've released you know hundreds and hundreds of episodes and brandon's released tens of episodes so um <laughs> yeah it's pretty amazing he, he's on his own schedule which yeah. is fine so let's let's get into it today so fu money and we could talk about the the definition and i think it'll be different for everyone and you know people that are listening or watching it'll be different for you too so jake 
if someone's like, hey, what's FU money? How would you define it? How do you view it? So my definition is when you, if you have FU money, when you get to the point where you can walk into your job and have confidence that anything that happens that day isn't going to hurt your financial situation. So if you walk into a job, you get fired that day, or something happens where you are, maybe you're in a bad position in your job and you say, no, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And I walk out and you can do that without losing sleep. Um, it doesn't mean that you're fi, absolutely not. It means that you can be fired, quit, whatever you need to do and, and go home that night and still sleep at night knowing that you, you know, have several months of funds available where if you don't find a job the next day, the next week, you're going to be all right. So, you know, I call it a few money, but also there's that, you know, that fund that a lot of people like to set aside, um, just to call it the emergency fund, three months of, of pay or of, of money to get through if you lose your pay. Okay. Perfect. In the, uh, interest of not being redundant, I largely agree <laughs> with what you just said. So solid definition for, for you um, personally, um, and, and maybe rewind the clock because uh, technically, would you say that you're phi at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So younger Jake, when you didn't have uh, the, the phi money that you have now, um, how would you have defined as far as like, you know, th three months of a cushion, 18 months of a cushion, like how much would you need to feel confident to tell your boss that, ah, you know what, I don't think this is a good fit anymore. You have two weeks. I think keyword in there is confident. So that's why it'll vary person to person. I would say for me, it was easily three to six months, um, no more than six months. I think six months is very appropriate, I, well, I'd say, for most people. Um, you have to look at your personal situation, though. What is your job? What's the likelihood that you would get hired quickly? Uh, is it a high-paying job? Do you have a spouse, kids, anyone else that are depending on you? So it's very personal, but it's confidence on, okay, I'm confident that we can last X amount of months, and it, within that time, I can find another job. Sure. So for me, that three-month period is probably right. Um, also, if you're confident in your abilities, I think that's something we'll, you know, we'll talk about in this FU Money conversation is it gives you a lot of confidence. Yeah, and I, again, largely agree. I'm giving you all the softball questions and you're just saying what I would say. Makes it easier, but you know, I think back um, myself and I actually did have, um, well, most of the jobs that I had I, I didn't love, there were certain pieces that were okay, but I would run, I would like get uh, moved onto a different project. It was consulting, right? So you're always moving to a different project. And I was, you know, working at home, not traveling for a while. And I got a dog, you never met my old dog Brody, but I got a dog and I had him for whatever, six months. And one of my friends was saying, oh, what, what are you gonna do if you have to travel again? And I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And I, I didn't have the, I didn't have FU money. I was probably in a little bit of debt. And, um, but really I just wanted to be sure that, uh, I was a good parent to my dog. <laughs> so like there's the thumb screws, like you said, if there's other, if there's other people or animals relying on you, it could change the equation a little bit also for, I don't know why I was confident that I could get another job, which was completely like, misplaced. <laughs> right. And if, if you're in that situation where you've got a pet, someone depending on you, 
yeah. there's no shame in if you quit your job and it's it's really whether you get fired or quit there's no shame in going and working at mcdonald's or home depot or you know wherever you need to work to get by until you get your new job again i know that would be a tough pill to swallow for you know a lot of engineers out there listening to the show or anyone else but you know maybe it's not mcdonald's maybe it's some other un uh, a job that's just not associated with your degree or what your career path is maybe it's you know retail bartending whatever that may be hey this is a cool opportunity i can go be a bartender for a couple months while i figure things out still have some income but i can take my time to figure out what is really needed and i had a buddy um that he he actually worked at the same company as as i did for a while i didn't know him back then but i met him at a brewery in montana and basically he quit his high paying job and super demanding. He was doing like whatever, 16 hour days, like crazy IT security kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, now he's a, he's a brewer and he, he, you know, went on a little sabbatical, traveled, uh, did a bunch of cool shit for a couple years and then settled down in Montana where now he's a, he's a brewer. It's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about like the benefits of having fu money and and jake i'll let you lead this off because i think you know you have one of the one of the best ones here yeah so i i think the benefit i like the term fu money because it kind of describes a financial situation but also a mindset um so sure you, you can have a nest egg or you can have emergency funds and all of those can be loosely defined as the same thing. Um, but FU money to me is a mindset. It's it's walking into your job every day knowing that, again, whatever happens, happens. And if you get fired, okay. If you quit, okay. But you, to me, it makes you a stronger asset to your company when you can walk in and not care what everyone in a room thinks of about you in terms of your performance, not necessarily are you performing, are you not performing, but I'm, I'm speaking from a standpoint of, let's say a project manager job or an engineering job, or maybe you work in a hospital and you're seeing things that you don't necessarily agree with. Um, I felt, you know, I had what I would consider FU money fairly early on. We lived simply, paid off our debt and after, you know, after a year, uh, after paying off our debt, we had enough money where I felt like I was confident I could walk into my job and I could sit in a meeting. And if I disagreed what, with something that was being said, maybe it was from a design standpoint, maybe it was from an operational standpoint, or again, I think that maybe the medical situation or airlines, there's a lot of, uh, you know, professions out there that this is applicable to. If you disagree with it, whether it's ethical, whether it's technical, whatever you're disagreeing with it, feel free to voice that opinion. And I, I think it, on an ethical standpoint, it makes you feel empowered. On a technical standpoint, I feel like it made me better at my job because I didn't have to think, oh, what are they going to say if I disagree with them? This is my boss or this is my boss's boss. And if I if I bring up, you know, if I, if I tell them that I think there's a better way to do it, are they going to take offense? Um, I was able to walk into meetings and you have to approach these things delicately and, um, you know, I tried to do that, but wasn't always, uh, didn't always do that effectively, but I, I would, I was not afraid to speak up in a meeting. And I, I feel like every day when I walked in, it made me a little bit more powerful. It made me a little bit more stronger at what I was doing. Yeah. Did that ever backfire as a young engineer going in and they're like, okay, guy. <laughs> it, it, it did because 
again, I may not always be delicate with my words. Yeah. Um, also, as a young engineer, I knew everything. So when <laughs> when people disagreed with me, they were wrong. Um, Clearly, yeah. And I, I made that clear sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't have. No, uh, I, I joke a little bit. But yeah, it was it is something that certain crowds you have to. I, I always say put your kid gloves on because you can't just say it how it is, say it flat out. And just because you have FU money doesn't mean you can be a bull in a china shop and go in and wreck meetings and, you know, just start kicking and screaming or voicing every opinion you have. You still have to be conscious of what you're saying, who you're saying it to. But if you feel that it is for the the better, you know, of the project, of the situation, if you feel like it's going to improve things or it needs to be said, I think it empowers you to say those things. Awesome. Another point that we should talk about is, well, there's some people that are thinking, ah, you know what? I love my job. I love my profession. You know, FU money isn't super important. It does, you know, give you options though. And even if you like your job now or you love your team or your boss, things could change very quickly. So I have a friend, I have like 20 friends. You probably know people too, where a new boss came in or there's a new CEO and they clean house and they change the C-suite and then everything is a little bit different than it was, but it can just be a new boss, which is, you know, depending on your level, that could be fairly frequent and not that unusual to have a new manager pop in. And all of a sudden you don't like your job anymore because you're around assholes or something like that. And at that point, you have so much more freedom to go and well, quit your job. You can maybe ask for a transfer to a different department where you want to like learn something new and get away from the toxic new work environment that showed up all of a sudden that you didn't expect. And yeah, super simple. I can go on and on. If you had that issue and I'll, you know what, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> no, I can answer. Um, I have not had that specific issue. I've worked around plenty of people that I disagree with their opinions and I, I don't, necessarily get along with. Uh, I've always had two types of bosses. Uh, one, very great to work with, very easy to work with, um, and other very hands-off. Um, in both of which, you know, they were, I've had five or six different uh, managers over the years. All of them have been fine to work with. They're either hands-off, they don't micromanage, and they stay out of my business, essentially, let me do my job, or they get involved, but they're they're fine to work with. So I haven't had a direct report that I've, I've run into that with, but I certainly uh, work around quite a few people and even people above me where it can be difficult to walk into the room and uh, just, you know, whether it's philosophy uh, approach to situations, anything like that, I I've encountered that, but not directly in my position. Got it. So in, in all I've had, many different managers just because of the consulting and you switch projects. And there was, there was definitely one where it didn't work out well. So, you know, I tried to be kind of a team player, but as I got more jaded, I was very early on with the uh, quiet quitting thing, which is a new phenomenon. Right. <laughs> but I was doing that shit you know, a long time ago. And that's a whole other episode because I, I have a lot of great tips. I, I noted that. Uh, well, I, I just noted job mobility <laughs> okay. as uh, you know, kind of a new phenomenon as well, where you don't have the legacy. Um, you know, I want to be with this company forever. That just in a millennial's mind, forever is what two to three years <laughs> max. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So uh, yeah, the quick quick story. Um, we did shift work, so we were 
um, you know, you had the normal uh, day shift, whatever, eight to five, and then you had a five to midnight, and then midnight to whatever, 6 a.m. or something like that. Pretty shitty overall. And I did my shifts, but it kept uh, like extending. The project kept extending. So we were hitting the holidays. So they were trying to get me to come in on like Christmas Eve from like whatever, uh, noon to 9 p.m. And finally I was like, nah, you know what? I, I can't do it this time. And they're like, well, this will reflect bad on your review. And I'm like, great, that is fantastic. Will you transfer, transfer me off the project and not work with me ever again? Like, this is fantastic. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And then whatever, uh, maybe a month later, they rolled me off the project, bad review. Things are great now. I don't, there it doesn't you go. matter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it, technically, I didn't have fu money in the way that we're talking. I think I probably had a pretty healthy, um, like what I considered an emergency fund. And actually, now that I'm thinking back, like it was probably a couple years worth of um, living. So I was like, "Yeah, transfer me off. You're not going to promote me. Like, no shit, you weren't going to promote me anyway." So. Um, yeah, I was already quite quitting. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess I have a. Uh, you know, I haven't been in that tight of a situation more broadly though AFU money i think again has made me better at my job it's allowed me to put myself in positions in my company that i truly enjoy and i, I like my projects I, I like the people i work with but over you know the past decade plus working with the same company i've seen you know just the the basic beliefs kind of changing and um the people changing over and you know it doesn't have to be a a certain project you're on. I see my company changing over 10 years and am I still happy with them? Yes. But am I still as aligned with some of their philosophies as I used to be? No. So that's another example of, you know, there I'm still dedicated to my project and the company, but I don't have the same vision that I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I said, Oh, I could stay with this company forever. Again, it's 10 years later and I have a different view of that. Sure. Any other pros for, FU money and yeah, any other broad things? You know, we've, we've kind of hinted at leaving the job, but then I, I want to talk about finding the new job. So, you know, going back to my 10, 12 years with this company, I have a feeling of the grass is always greener on the other side. So sure. Are there things that I'm not happy with? Yes, but I think you'll have that anywhere. Overall, I'm very happy. But if, if you get to the point where you have this FU money and you are not completely happy and you're thinking, you know, hey, I, I'm on this five journey, but I still have another five years, 10 years left. Um, maybe that FU money is your opportunity to say, let's find something that I'm really happier with and I can enjoy going into work every day. So maybe it's not you're in a terrible situation, but it could be better. And my again, grass is always greener on the other side. There's a chance that you leave. You're not in a terrible situation and you could enter a really bad situation. So this money allows you to maybe it's jump around a couple of times to find that position that's right for you and find that position where you could carry it on over the next five to 10 years and be a lot happier in that journey than if you were to just stick it out with this company that maybe you don't hate, but you're not in love with, you know, walking in the door every day. Yeah, that, that's great. I never, I never thought about that, but it s sort of softens the consequence if you do take a risk. Right. Then, worst case scenario, like you still have options. Like it just gives you flexibility. Right. Awesome. So, as we are wrapping this up, are there any downsides that you can think of for fu money? 
having money, I can't really think of a downside to, you know, there's, um, if depending on your take on it, if you're a little, if you're not conservative enough and you say, I've got a few money and you leave your job and you go, your next job is even worse. And then your next job after that's even worse. Maybe three months was not enough. So that's a downside. I mean, depending on, again, your life situation, family, friends, what, what you're doing at the time, you could, a few money isn't co isn't fi money. You're not mm. set for life. So you, you definitely, you could have to settle for something if you decide to leave or, Maybe you have the wrong attitude. To me, it's an empowering mentality to have FU money. Maybe you walk into your job every day and say, I don't care about this. I don't need to be here. And then you get fired and you don't find something better. Right. And I think, yeah, that's possible. Obviously, probably a rare thing. And, you know, we think about the people that we know in the FI community, and many of us are fairly risk averse. We were planners, we, you know, we're thinking ahead a uh, couple moves. So, you know, I, I think there's very, yeah, probably very little downside and it, it really just gives you some uh, flexibility. And, and the fact is we probably don't take enough risks and like, we probably have a lot higher risk tolerance um, or risk capacity is actually the right term. We could probably handle a lot more than we take a chance, especially it's like you can try a different job. You know, you could try to switch industries or something like that, where it seems like, you know, you got all these sunk costs, um, you know, 10 years being a lawyer or an engineer or whatever, and you don't want to like move on because you put, you know, so much time and effort and resources into it, but it's probably okay. You can give it another shot. Right. You just released the podcast with uh, Leaf. Um, that one's out. People will hear that one if if they've been listening. And he's a perfect example of that, a doctor. And, you know, yeah. it, not only do you have a lot of sunk cost, but you have a lot of, um, that's who you are. That's, that's who, who you identify as, as a doctor. So, you know, he's a perfect example of being able to walk away from that. Yeah. And do you identify as an engineer? I do. And I still will as, when I leave my job. I think an engineer is a mindset. And this is something I've talked about Um a lot of places require a degree to be an engineer. A degree to me, it's a piece of paper that says you can go be an engineer, but it doesn't make an engineer. So uh, I will always identify as an engineer. And I've even got a seven-year-old who I will call an engineer just because of the way his mind works. I can see it already. <laughs> got it. Cool. Um, any other broad thoughts before we wrap? I think that's uh, that's a wrap on FU money, at least. Cool. Where can people find you, Jake, if they want to follow along? You're kind of uh, below the radar mostly, right? I am mostly. Uh, you could email, uh, if, if Doug knows the Mile High Fi email, you could email that and he, they can uh, put you in touch with me through email. Also, I do have Twitter that I very seldom use, but Fi Dilettante is my Twitter handle. Cool. Yeah, we'll link up to that stuff. And you can email Carl or myself, Carl at milehighfi.com, Doug at milehighfi.com. Super simple. We just forgot for about 100 episodes what the email address was. Additionally, our store is open for business. So you can get a t-shirt. There's uh, mugs with the same logo. Uh, there's boxers. Carl loves the boxers. He says the cloth is super soft and he is actually the model on uh, the website. So if you want to check it out, it's milehighfi.com slash store super easy to get to and it helps support the the show and it's part of a network too like we're we have this network so you know we produce rebel entrepreneur and that's not free either so uh we are encouraging you to go to the store so thanks a lot and appreciate it jake we'll we'll catch you on the next one yep thanks doug 
Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Jake, you uh, you have a new tattoo. What's going on with it? I do. I uh, got a new tattoo here. Uh, hard to see in the camera, but forearm tattoo. I got the mountains as viewed from Longmont. So we have a lake here in Longmont um, that is really beautiful and then has picturesque views of Long's Peak and the surrounding mountains. And I love the mountains, everything about them. So wanted this one for a long time and found a really nice picture of them uh, from the reservoir. So I uh, took that to the artist, had her draw it up, and it has Long's Peak in it, Mount Meeker, Mount Lady Washington, and everything surrounding them. And then under it, it has a phrase, kid, you'll move mountains. And that is uh, from the book, Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. I've read it hundreds of times to my kids. So it has a special meaning in us. They really like it. I really like it. Um, and then it has their initials uh, kind of climbing the mountain. So I've been looking for something to do uh I like to have meaning in my tattoos, so this one was one that I've been putting together for a long time. Finally found an artist, just randomly my wife showed me some of her work and a mountain scene that she did, and I really liked her line work, so decided it's time to get it done. Sweet. Yeah, and I also got one in the last week here, and for the people that um, that are just listening, Jake's tattoo is on his uh, left uh, sort of inside forearm, so they could place it. And then I got one on my upper, upper arm area. I'm sort of filling out the sleeve. So it's a tribal sort of uh, Pacific Islander type tattoo, which it's, uh, it's a little further along than yours. So it's all flaky and it looks like a, looks like a mess. It's get, like the scabs are going everywhere. It's not like gross scabs. It's just like little <laughs> specks of ink. Um, although, you know, we don't love to have the flex of <laughs> ink go everywhere. So I am trying to like keep it under control, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. it. Took This actually took like three and a half hours. So it's a lot of ink. It looks good. Um, Thanks. but yeah, that, that's a lot. Mine was about an hour and a half, so it wasn't too bad. Um, she took yeah. almost an hour setting up for it and talking about design, but under the needle hour and a half. And Carl doesn't have any tattoos, but his wife Mindy does. And I'm curious, what kind of tattoo would you suggest Carl get? Ooh, that's a good question, Carl. He he needs, hmm. 
obviously a dinosaur. I think that's <laughs> the, I, I was trying to come up with something funnier, yeah. but he just needs a dinosaur tattoo. Dinosaur. Where it is, I don't know, but yeah. I think like on his uh like on his chest, like it, right here. That'd be good. I was thinking neck, but chest <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> Oh, oh, that would hurt. I, I couldn't imagine getting a tattoo like anywhere on like anywhere from the neck up. I couldn't do it. I, I was I hesitated on the forearm, not not terribly, but I thought, okay, well, this is the first one. I've got three now. This is the first one that's exposed most of the time. The other one's on my shoulder. The other one's on my rib cage. Yeah. So this is the first one exposed all the time, which doesn't bother me. But that was uh, that's a step, definitely. Yeah. yeah. The the neck, face, those <laughs> places, uh, probably not in my future. Yeah, yeah, and I I mean I'm probably gonna fill out the sleeve area, but I. I think I decided I'm not going to fill like the inner, uh, like upper arm, like under my armpit area, just because like it's way more sensitive. Like I could tell immediately. And I mean, it hurts, it hurts to get a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could take my approach. I got my first tattoo on my rib cage and they say that's the most sensitive spot you can get it. So yeah. after that, I don't think, uh, you know, it still hurts, but compared to that, it's uh, relatively yeah. insignificant pain. Ah, oh, man. Tattoos are great though. Yeah. Love, 